We on back, okay, we on. All right, I'm, I'm not used to this right here. First of all, giving honor to God who is the head of my life, to my Lord and Savior Jesus who saved my life, and to the Holy Spirit that secures me to the day of redemption. Uh, I'd like to thank my pastor, my friend, my buddy, which he knows I will do anything for him. Uh, to all the ministers that are here that came out to support me, my big brothers, to my spiritual father back there, Holmes, who made it out. And I see you back there too, Pops. I, I, got, I got you. I got, I got you too, Pops. To, to, to Deacon Tyus, uh, who, who, who made it out, to my families that have traveled, my aunt that came from Atlanta, I just looked up and seen my, my other father, Brother Ben Jordan. Glad to have you, you here. Uh, he was dealing with some illness himself to all the friends. Y'all didn't come to hear me stand up here to give all these thanks to you. Y'all came to see evidence of the Lord and what he has done in me. So my father said, make sure at 7 o'clock this morning, he said, make sure you got family coming in from town and you make sure that you acknowledge your family. I said, I said, I said, I said, daddy. I said, I said, daddy. I said, daddy, I, 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 I got it. And, and you know, you don't, you, when your daddy tells you to do something, you, 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 you listen. Uh, to my father, uh, those of y'all that grew up in New Mission know my father as the praying father, I, I do believe, I don't pray like my father, but I got my praying habits from my father because I always see my father on his knees praying all the time. So I got that from him. Daddy, I, I, I love you through all the, the whoopings and everything else that, uh, that, that, you, that you gave me. It was for a purpose and he used to always say, keep living, and you understand what, what I'm telling you and, and why I'm telling you. And I, I called him one day and told him, Daddy, I said, the day come, I understand. To my, my father-in-law, and most of all to my, where's she at? I got to find, oh, there she is. My, my, my wife, my, my, my bud, we call each other bud. You can't use that term because that's my, that's my buddy. That's, that's, that's my buddy. Everybody asks why we call each other Bud. That's why we call each other Bud. That's my, that's my buddy. That's my sidekick for putting up with me uh, in those times when she didn't even understand what I was going through. I, I, I thank you. So uh, bring your attention to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 4 and reading down through four, verse seven. And I'll be reading out the King James Version. Philippians chapter four, starting in verse four, and reading down to verse seven. Right. Say it again for the Holy Spirit. Philippians chapter four, yes. starting in verse four, yes. reading through verse 7. And if you're there, you will see these words. Rejoice in the Lord. Always and again, I say rejoice. 
Let your moderation be known unto all men, the Lord is at hand. Be careful or anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep or guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep or guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You may be seated. This afternoon, I'd like to bring your attention to encourage someone deal with this thing, the text, don't worry, rejoice. Don't worry, rejoice. Don't worry, rejoice. Father God in heaven, we just thank you for this day that was appointed before I was even born, Father God. And even though we had it set last week on the calendar, you already had it etched in stone that this day will be the day that I will stand before your people to proclaim your word, Father God. Father God, move me out the way. Please allow a fresh anointing to fall upon me. I need a new anointing right now, Father God. Allow me to get out of your way and let your word do its work. May it bring encouragement, may it bring healing, may it bring peace to your people. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. In the Apostle Paul's letter to the church of Philippi, he uses the word rejoice or firm form of the word rejoice 16 times. And when you look at what Paul has been going through, what he is going to go through, for him to use that word rejoice so many times makes you, makes you wonder why, why would he use it, but, but, but. In, in this, you will see in this letter, you will see at the end that it was nobody but the power of God that would allow him, when he wrote this letter, to say, rejoice. I say, rejoice. In 1988, recording artist Bobby McFerrin wrote and recorded a song, popular song, a lot of y'all remember it. Y'all probably used to sing it back in the day. Don't worry, be happy. Had a little catchphrase, do there. You say, don't worry, be happy. And it used to go, it went through all the problems that the person was going through. And at the end of each of the problems, he would say, don't worry, be happy. But the only problem is he didn't give you no reason not, not to worry, be happy. He just told you, don't worry, be, be, be happy. Now we know when we're going through some trials and tribulations, I need more than somebody to just tell me, don't worry. <laughs> be happy. You got, you got to give me a reason why, why I need to not worry and, and why I need to be happy about it. I, you need to give me a reason why I need to not worry and, and, and be happy. I've heard preachers say that some of the best sermons that they have preached have been a sermon that they have actually lived through. Something that they have actually been through. I can't tell a woman how it feels to have labor pains even though I felt like I was having labor pains. I told pastor, I, I, I got to get this word out of me. 
I, I, I feel, he said, you in labor, man, but, but I'm not feeling what y'all, y'all felt. I've delivered babies as a paramedic. I've seen babies delivered, but I can't tell you what it feels to, to, to be in labor and have them labor pains, and God bless y'all, because if it was up to men to have babies, <laughs> all right, that's, 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 that's a different, that's a different suffering. That's a different suffering. But, but, but even as I, as I was working on this sermon, as they said in the prayer earlier, the devil was on his job. Because if the devil can't get to you, he will use your family, he will use your friends, he will use your co-workers, he will use everything in his arsenal to get you off your mind and take your mind off of Jesus. Before Paul wrote this letter, he had said he himself experienced burdens. We know how he had been whipped, how he had been shipwrecked, how he had been beat, left dead. He was bitten by a snake. They thought he was going to die. And now he finds himself in Rome, in prison, in prison, waiting to go before trial. And upon hearing of his imprisonment in Rome, the church of Philippi, which he was close to, they were close to him, sent him monetary gifts. And not only that, they sent him a helper to help him out while he was in prison. And while his helper who was there, who was Epaphroditus, was there, he himself became sick. Even sick to the point that he was near death. Now, ain't that how life is? You got problems of your own. This man was supposed to be coming to help Paul out. He was sent to help Paul out. And now here he is. He's sick and about to die. And Paul knew that upon hearing this, that the people at, the, at Philippi, they became worried. They became anxious, which, I mean, it put more burden on Paul. Now, isn't that a lot of life is? You having your own problems. You got your own troubles. Try to call a friend. Try to talk to them about your problems. Before you can even get out, what's going on with you? You ask, hey, man, how you doing? Man, let me tell you what's going on. You won't believe what I'm going through. And then they just start, you can't even get a word. They just start going down the line. What's going on? What's going on with them? And then by the time... You get off the phone, you forget what you even called in for. You didn't even get a chance to tell them what you was going through. They done told you all their problems. And sometimes it makes you think like, well, you know what? I thought I was having problems. You know what? Hey, I, I, what I'm going through ain't nothing compared to what, to what, to what they're going through. So, I mean, life, life is like that, that you, you'd go to a friend and, and anybody, you might even just walk up to a straight, hey, how you doing? What? some reason, people, I guess, people just see it in you. They just want to tell you your problems. And you just sit there, and even sometimes you sitting there, you sitting there just rubbing your head. Like, man, here we go again. Somebody just, just bring your problems at that, that. Sometimes you can't help but just feel for them, and they problems will start, start burning you, just start weighing down, just start weighing down on you. And, and whether it's a friend, a family member, or something going on even with your, your church family. Sometimes problems just burden you down. Webster Dictionary defines anxious as experiencing worry, 
unease, nervousness, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. You don't, you don't know what's going to happen. The physical effects of worrying or being anxious can cause nausea. I had a little bit of that before I got up here. You just, you just, you just can't eat. I had a, had a guy, he, he was, which we called it stress. He, he's so stressed out, the guy lost 15, 20 pounds. So I said, man, that's, that's a good diet I had. I said, man, you was on a stress diet. That wasn't no diet, that, 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 that was a stress diet. Causes you not to need, caused you to have some sleepless nights where you just toss and turn, worrying about what's going on. You just can't sleep, just tossing and turning. Worrying will bring you gray hairs, dry mouth, headaches, hot flashes, chills. Not to mention, worry can cause you to have high blood pressure, now, Lord knows we got, I'm, I'm one, I'm taking a water pill, I got, I, got, I got high blood pressure. But they used to say that we used to think that blacks used to have high blood pressure because of our diets. And they finally came back and said, you know what? Ain't got nothing to do with what we eat. It's the pressure of living in America, <laughs> in America that causes us to have high blood pressure. I mean, look at what's going on now with DuBose. We can't even... We worried about getting pulled over by the police that now we got to have a form to where we have to teach someone how to interact with the police. Because we worried about if we get pulled over, we might not even make it from that stop. So it ain't even about sometimes what you eat, just, just the pressures of life. It'll cause you to have chest pains, shortness of breath, numbness in the feet, hands get to tingling feeling of losing control, and ultimately losing your mind. I tell you all the time, at, at UC, I work on the transport unit. I transport people all the time over the Deaconess called PES, Psychological Emergency Service. And it's all because these folks that let, let the pressure of the world get to them. Yes, there are some people that have mental issues that need to be dealt with drugs. But sometimes you just let the world get to you to where you just lose your mind. I've made runs on people where we take their blood pressure and we ask them, are you under some stress? They say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going through a lot of stuff. And we say, that's what your problem is right there. Blood pressure high. Forgive me, bud, but I, back, back last year and around uh, Valentine's Day, my wife was having some issues at work. And I told her, I said, don't let them people get to you. Got to her so bad one day I get a phone call, said, man, we uh, took your wife over to the emergency room. This was a Friday. My wife spent Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, because on the weekends there's some tests they just can't do. So Monday she has a stress test Everything come out fine that is not her heart. They said, it's nothing but stress. Stress will put you in the hospital. And I told her, them people gone on about their business. Now, they done put you in the hospital. You sitting up here laid up in the hospital and, and, and worried about the things where, and they gone on about your business. One thing that my father used to tell my brother and my sister as we was growing up is that I'm not going to let y'all worry me to death. 
Good Lord willing, I'm going to live to be a right old age. Daddy's sitting right there. 80, 82 years old. 82 years old because he did not let us worry him to death. Now, my, my, my brother, he wasn't bad, but my sister and myself, I know for a fact, we gave him some things to, to, to worry about that, 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 that would put him in the grave, but y'all know the gone hunting story. I ain't gonna tell it no more, but the gone hunting story, those of y'all, y'all know the gone hunting story. I'm gonna tell it anyway. <laughs> Daddy always told us, don't ever get locked up. I ain't coming to see you. I ain't coming to get you. I ain't putting my house up for you. Don't get locked up. What they say about all day, hard head, make a soft bottom. I get locked up. Spent the night down at the Justice Center. Boo-hoo-hooing the whole night through. <laughs> Next morning, I was fortunate, it was a Saturday. My mother and my brother was there. They let me out on my own, or on my own reconnaissance. I didn't have no problems, so they let me go home. So I, I don't even think I said, thank you, mama. Thank you, brother, for coming down. First thing I said was, mama, where daddy at? <laughs> my mama looks at me and goes, son, your daddy said he loved you, but he gone hunting. <laughs> Daddy, dad, so when y'all, when y'all hear the Alvin, the gone hunting story, everybody that done heard this story say, tell the gone hunting, that's all you got to say, tell the gone hunting story. One thing my daddy, I've been hanging with my daddy since they've been back, we riding, I've been learning a lot of stuff. He said his daddy used to always tell him, a man's word is his bond. <laughs> and if there's one thing I could say, daddy said, meant what he said. He said what he meant, and he meant what he said. And if I didn't believe it, that day, I found out that daddy meant what he said when he said it. In the book of Job, chapter 14, verse 1, tells us that man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. Jesus tells us in John 16 and 33, in the world you shall have trials and tribulations. So God's word is true. God says it in his word. You're going to have trials and tribulations. You're going to have troubles in this world. Jesus tells us in Matthew 6 and 34, don't worry about tomorrow. Because tomorrow will take care of itself. Matter of fact, tomorrow going to bring you more trouble. <laughs> tomorrow going to bring you more trouble. So I already got troubles going on. And what do I got to do but to look up but to see some more trouble. Well, you say, preacher, well, what am I supposed to do? Bobby McFerrin didn't tell me what to do, why I shouldn't worry, why I should just be happy. What should I do when I am going through trials and tribulations, when my bank account is zero and the rent's due, when sickness is running through my family, when the kids just won't act right, pastors say the cat fight, acting like the dog, the dog acting like the cat, Things are just going, people getting on your nerves at work to, to the point where you might say, you know what, they're going to make me drop my religion. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Paul tells us in verse 6 that in everything by prayer, which is the avenue, prayer is nothing more than just a conversation 
between you and God. Just the conversation, just a little talk with Jesus <laughs> makes it right. Just makes it right. Just have a little talk with Jesus. With supplication, which is a cry out. Sometimes we can't just say, oh, Lord, thank you. Lord, please bless me. Lord, help me get Sometimes you have to cry out like David cried out in the Psalms. Lord, help me. If you don't help me, I don't care. I don't know what I'm going to do. I need your help. Jonah cried out in the belly of the fish. Lord, save me. Sometimes you just have to cry out, Lord, save me. Webster defines supplication as to ask humbly and earnestly, earnestly, when you ask for it, don't go to God, well, God, I think, like Pastor said. I came to him and said, Lord, Pastor, I think the Lord is calling me to preach. And he said, nah, we don't think. Go back. Go back. Matter of fact, he told me, when you hear the word of God, tell him the answer, say, Lord, I'm here. Use me. That's what he told me. He said, Lord, I'm here. Use me. So when we go to God, we need to go boldly. Ain't that what the word said? Go boldly to the throne. Don't, don't, don't. Please, Lord. Please, Lord. Because when you come to God like that, you're not having faith. You're not having faith in God. Your faith, if you come to God like that, God is looking at you like, you coming to me just like, I can't do it. We need to go to God earnestly. We need to take our birds to God in prayer. 1800, Joseph Skirvin believed that's what we needed to do when he wrote a poem, to comfort and encourage his mother who was back in Ireland and ill. The title of that poem is, What a Friend in, We Have in Jesus. 30 years later, Charles Converse put music to the poem. And now, whether we sing it traditional or whether we sing the revival way, the words are, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. We forfeit peace because we don't take everything to God in prayer. My brothers and sisters, 1 Peter 5 and 7 says, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. God wants all our problems. He wants the big problems. He wants the small problems. But unfortunately, some of us treat God like a genie in a bottle. Treat him like a genie in a bottle. You, you know about the genie in the bottle. When you, when you get in trouble, when I ain't talking about the one, when I'm talking about I dream, how many remember I dream a genie? I know I'm showing my age. I know I dream a genie. When, when the colonel used to get in trouble, genie, he rubbed genie and genie would come out. She usually wouldn't fix it right, but at least he called on her. And then when genie would, would call herself fixing the problem, it's like, okay, genie, I'm done with you. Back in the bottle. That's how we treat God. Some of us, we get in problems. We get in trouble. Oh, Lord, please, if you get me out of this, making promises to God, he already know. Before, before it come out of our mouth, he already know we ain't going to do what we said we was going to do. But God is so merciful and so graceful. 
So grace is that even when we don't do what we're supposed to do, that's what my daddy tell me, don't worry about what other people do. You do what you're supposed to do. So even when we, God already knows when the word, before the words leave our mouth, Lord, if you get me out of this problem, I promise you I'll start going to church. We might show up for one Sunday, two Sundays. Then after that, they might not even show up at all because once he gets us out the problem, he done did what we wanted him to do. So I don't need to do my part. So sometimes we treat God like, 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 like a genie in, in, in a bottle. But 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 through 18 says that we should pray without ceasing. And everything, give thanks. This is the will of God. Remember, prayer is just a conversation between us and God. We should always be in conversation with God. We should always be talking to God. Pastor preached this morning talking about whose voice are you listening to? Well, if you ain't talking to God, how you going to hear his voice? If, if, if I want to talk to pastor, I got to call him on the phone. We got, a, we got a phone in our bosom that even when you can't say a word, all you got to do is, is, is wave your hand. And even if you can't wave your hand, Hebrew, I think it's Hebrews tells us that the Holy Spirit will interpret our groans. Even when you can't say a word, just mmm, mmm. Even in your groan, mmm. God knows the Holy Spirit. And the thing about it, when the Holy Spirit interprets it, the devil don't know what you're saying. The devil don't know what you're saying. The devil, God done made it. He done fixed it so that even when we want to talk to him, we got a private line that we can just call on God. We can just, mmm, and the devil won't even know what's going on. After praying, giving thanks, and making our request known to God, Paul tells us in verse 7 that the peace of God, which passes all, all, understanding. That's that understanding when you just don't know with what's going on, why you folks will look at you knowing what you're going through. Don't understand why you just gone on about your business. They're expecting you to be over at Deaconess over in the corner talking about something. Talking about like you done, you done, lost, your, you done lost your mind. But the peace of God which passes all understandings will keep our hearts. That, that, that word keep in some Bibles, it says guard. It says guard. When, when, when you guard something, if, if I'm guarding something, if I'm supposed to be guarding Miss Abby, even in basketball, we used to, my basketball team, we tell them guard somebody, I'm in front of her. I'm in front of her. God will put, they called it in Job, a hedge around your heart and around your mind that even when you're going through your trials and tribulations and the devil still trying to get to you, still testing your faith, that God is standing there. Y'all seen that ADT commercial with Vin Raines on there? He's standing there guarding the house. Mm-mm, don't think about it. Don't, don't, don't think about it. Mm-mm. 
Mm-mm, don't think about it. That's what he telling Satan. Ain't that what he told? Ain't that what Satan told God when he when he, when he offered Job up? He offered Job up. He said, "I can't touch Job. You got a hedge around him. Take that hedge down and see. Let me take some stuff away from him. Let let me let me take him through some trials and tribulation. And and, and watch me. I make him. I make him curse you." to your face after all that happened. Ain't that what Job's wife said? Why don't you just curse God and die? But Job said, though he slay me, though he slay me, yet, yet will I trust him. Yet will I trust him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. God said, you can touch everything, but don't touch his soul. Don't touch his soul. That's what connects us to God. Our soul. That's the difference between us and everything else. God created everything else. But when he created man, he breathed his spirit. He breathed his spirit into us and we became a living soul. A lot of times when the Bible refers to heart, it's not talking about the physical heart. That, not, the, mm-mm, mm-mm, not that heart. Not that heart. It's talking about our inner spirit, our spirit man. Our spirit man. So when God says he will guard your heart, he's saying, I got your spirit. I got your soul. I got your soul. Matter of fact, I got your mind. He ain't going to be able to touch your mind. He ain't going to be able to do none of that. I got all of that. Nobody can guard us like God, like God can. They got, they got these guys in, 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 in football. They call them shutdown corners. They get paid big bucks. They got the, uh, what was the uh, movie with, uh, with the, uh, Michael Orr, Blindside, that's it, Blindside. That was the whole purpose of that. This person get paid because he is the protector of the quarterback, yeah. the most important person on the field. Yes. To God, your soul is the most important thing to him. Because when he came, that's what he came. He came and died to save our soul. He came and died to save our soul. That is the most important. That's why he told Satan, you can touch everything else. I can fix everything. I can even save his soul. But you can touch everything else, but don't touch his soul. Satan tried. Satan tried. Y'all know the rest of the story. And at the end, Job had twice as much. He had more than what he had in the beginning. Ain't that how God is? Sometimes when you go through your trials and tribulations, things that you lost, that you thought was so important, God would give it back to you more and more and more than what you hear give it to you in an overflow. Ain't that what he said? That if you just trust me, I will open up the windows of heaven and pour out an offering that you can't even hold. Just overflow, just overflow, just, just, just pour it out, just pour it out. That the peace of God will pass on un- understanding now, sometimes God won't bring you through your trials and tribulations. Sometimes he will do like he did with Paul. Y'all know the story. Paul paid, prayed three times. I think it was one for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Ghost. And, 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 and he asked him, the thorn, they never said what the thorn was in his flesh. But whatever it is, it was enough that it troubled him that it troubled him that he prayed to God not once, not twice, but he went to him three times. And then God just told him, no, no, I'm not going to remove it. But my grace, 
which is sufficient. Again, that peace, my grace, which is sufficient, that when I am weak, he is made strong. When I am made weak, he is made strong. So the peace of God beyond all understanding shall keep our minds only through Christ Jesus. You got to know the Lord in order to have this peace. This peace ain't just for everybody. This peace is for the children of God because not everybody can just go to God. You got to know God. You got to have accepted the Lord in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. John 14, 27, Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace. My, my peace. This peace that I have, world didn't give it. World can't take it away. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it. The world can't take it away. Not as the world give it, give it I unto you. So let not your heart or spirit be troubled. Don't worry. Rejoice. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm giving you my peace. I'm giving you my peace. I, the world didn't give it to you. They can't take it away. I'm giving you my peace. It's the peace that when you go in the bed and you start having some tossless, sleepless nights and God just speaks to your spirit, the next thing you know, he done put you in his arms and done rocked you to sleep. You don't even know. And sometimes that's the best sleep. That's the best sleep. That's the best sleep that I done had when God puts you in his arms like a mother with a child and rocks you to sleep and you just forget about all the cares of the world. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. God did not give us the spirit of fear. That's not of God. That's not of God. Worry is not of God. He said it back there, Matthew, don't worry about tomorrow. Worrying is not of God. That is the devil testing your faith. James 1, 2 through 3 says, rejoice when you fall in diverse situations, trials and tribulations. He said, count it all, joy. There's that word again. There's that word again, joy. That's a form of rejoice. Count it all, joy, when you fall in diverse and temptation for the testing of your faith. It's a test of your faith. The devil has been testing our faith since the Garden of Eden. Ain't that what he told Eve? I taught Sunday school lesson on that this morning. Told him, don't eat of the fruit. Don't eat of the fruit. You will surely die. What did he tell you? Nah, you won't die. God lying to you. God lying to you. You won't die. They didn't die immediately, but because of sin, this old body starts breaking down. Because of sin, worrying was put in the world. They was living in the Garden of Eden. They was in prayer. They was in the presence of the Lord. They, they was in, when you're in the presence of the Lord, you have nothing, nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about. God's peace is that peace that when you're just going through it. What's that, what's that movie now? War Clause War? There you go. War room. You need to get your room. You need to get somewhere where you can go to your room 
bathroom, wherever you go. My wife called me one day. I'm sorry, baby. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I guess that's just part of the being. Sister Harper said, get used to it. <laughs> Sister Harper said, get used to it. My wife called me again at work. I said, you know, pastor said in his word, go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom. Act like you're going to the bathroom. <laughs> Scream. Cry out to the Lord. Cry out to the Lord. Cry out to the Lord. Go ahead, because all that is is just the devil just trying to test your faith. Because when you go to church, when you're a child of God, if people know it, they pick at you. They test your faith. Because, see, the devil couldn't get into Eve's mind. He had to use the serpent. The devil needs a vessel. He needs a vessel. He'll use your co-workers. He'll use your family. He will use whatever he needs it takes to test your faith, to test your faith. But don't worry, rejoice, because God will guard your heart and your mind. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, that will keep him in perfect, perfect peace, not just in peace, but in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Well, who is the thee? The thee is Jesus. Keep your mind stayed on Jesus because he trusted in thee. Verse 4 says, trust in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Jeremiah 17 and 7 says, blessed is the man who trusted in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. My brothers and sisters, my hope rests on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I dare not draw a trust the sweetest thing, holy leaning to Jesus' name. So see, in the name of Jesus, there's healing. In the name of Jesus, there's deliverance. In the name of Jesus, there's power. In the name of Jesus, there's peace. In the name of Jesus, there's joy. That name, Jesus, with the sweetest name I know. Whenever you're in trouble, all you got to do is just call on Jesus. We had a church member back in the old white church when the Spirit would hit them, and all they would do is just say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Scripture says that if you call on the name of Jesus, you shall be saved. All you got to do is just call on the name of Jesus. In that name is joy. In that name is peace. And that joy that he gives you, the world can't take it away. In that name is peace. In that peace, the world can't take it away. In that name, Jesus, is salvation. It's salvation. Under no name, under no other name, shall we be saved than the name Jesus. So don't worry, rejoice. What you say, Sister, Sister Harper? I'm not going to wait till the battle is over. I'm going to shout right now. If you notice in the text, he didn't say afterwards give thanksgiving. He said while you in your prayer, while you in your prayer, while you on your knees, thank God for what he's going to do. And if he don't deliver you, his grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient to keep you. So don't worry. Rejoice. Don't worry. Rejoice because we got a God that will give us a peace beyond 
all understanding. Don't worry, rejoice. Don't worry, rejoice.